My name's Ed Piscolor. I'm Jim Rugg. I'm Arkikuo Johnson. Alika Seki. Alika Seki of Maui Comics. Uh, we just got done with Maui Comic Con and Alika teased us that he has a whole bunch of comics that are ready to go in his garage. Uh, we visited this, the site one or two times, saw the long boxes from a distance, and I thought it would be a pretty fun idea to just go through some random ones, capture some stuff on video. Fellas, don't be shy. Arkikuo Johnson, he's back in comics, people. What's the name of the book? Uh, I got a new book, No One Else. A uh, graphic novel just came out last month from Fantagraphics. You either have or will be seeing the Arkikuo Johnson shoot interview, but first, we have some <laughs> comics to look at. <laughs> Where should we get started, fellas? This box here? <laughs> Do you want to start with good stuff or uh, <laughs> <laughs> my favorites? <laughs> uh, let's, uh, we'll end with uh, the, the heavy metals, man. We'll, we'll finish strong. Let's bring the cam in. Everybody come come around. Let's, let's see what the hell yeah, we got Yeah, slide here. the heavy metals off to yeah, the side there. We'll have a central spot. All right, here's one to start with. Ed, I believe you have an interesting backstory on the Gadget Gang. Yeah, for sure, man. This is like one of my first 50 comics, man. My uncle would hit the uh, flea markets up and uh, just grab the most random shit and you know what I like about this first off it's complete stories I was a kid when I got it and it crazy use of duotone you never associate duotone with like kid kid work for sure you know <laughs> Some, somewhere in here man they were teasing issue number two but it never came out so I'm still waiting for it <laughs> like see these characters we never got to see what happens to them they're not you know, that's forthcoming issues that have never come out. Alika, this is uh, this is like black and white indies, 80s comics, right? Black and white boom. Uh -huh. Were you collecting comics at that time, like on Maui? Is that... No, so I uh, I think I was garage sales in the mainland at that time. Like, so the m comics I was reading in the 80s was like my dad got me He-Man magazine. Like the Garfield and all that crap that, you know, little I was a little kid, so that was my thing back then. But then in the 90s in the flea markets, that's when I would find this crap. It's not crap. I shouldn't say crap. <laughs> it's it's not going to offend anybody here. Maybe some comments underneath. But uh, Look at how disturbing this is right here, man. Like whenever you're really parodying Batman and Robin, it makes the uh, tidy whities even more obscene, man. Like when, when you have like kind of amateurish artists like doing this stuff. Not to mention it's like pixelated. So it's like I can I hear my motor. These covers drove me crazy. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like look, they're all they're all askew. Like stretch. that vertical right. stretch. Yeah. This yeah. illegible gradients though. I like those. Those are working. <laughs> those are working. Yeah, that's early desktop publishing fonts right there. I pull. Uh, this is like an indie box that we're flipping through. Just a through. mixed, yeah. And uh, one of the things with she, I didn't buy this originally when it came out, but looking at it later, like recently, I'm shocked because this is Billy Tucci's like self-published, you know, creator-owned yeah. indie comic. And I always think of those as being like one person does everything. His list of credits, like he has, <laughs> he has additional inks, script inks, uh, you know, like all these different roles in this. Like it's a production, you know. Like this guy was coming at it with a, uh, a different, different uh, from a different direction than most of us. But what if he was old school, man, and it was like the golden age where he's padding his roster with a bunch of fake names? Mm. Rearrange all of these letters, man. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I'm just reading your, your credits over here, not even looking at all of the uh, the actual Pete names Gutierrez. that are used. I never saw Pete Gutierrez and Billy. Tucci in the same room that's, at the same that's time. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> These oh, are always uh, underrated. That's Paul Galicia whenever Jones. I'm going through indie books, yeah. These are like reprinted from uh, the Warren magazines or something, right? Yeah, I don't and know if some of them are colored after the fact, like for oh, this collection, but it's a good collection. Because there would be these wide margins the because margins, of the magazine yeah. format. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, these are dope, man. Th there's a lot of fun stuff in here. John Bolton. 
I always think of John Bolton as being a painter. That was the, the stuff artist that I would who see did, first. Uh, yeah, with Chris Claremont, he had that. Um, the backups in um, Classic X Men. Yeah. That's the thing. Like he's super good in pen and ink. Yeah. But moved on to paint and then left comics. Like whatever happened to John Bolton? Yeah, that's good. They, you know, he's trying to get a book made with Chris Claremont right now. They started in the '80s. It was a it was a Marvel graphic novel. Marada is like this uh, European werewolf thing. Or vampire, maybe I, f I forget. He told me at a con one time, but uh, that's still there's still story to be told there, and they want to get it out. <laughs> this is always the funniest thing too. Star Slayer number one, you can find for fifty cents. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Star Star Slayer number two, First Rocketeer. Yeah, let's go to that. Quite more quickly. valuable. Yeah. I, like when we do the uh, when we do the Rocketeer video, like here here's the Rocketeer story. Man, it looks so good on newsprint. Yeah, it does, man. And that's how we're gonna go. Like do that Sunday episode, but there it is, man. <sighs> First appearance of the Rocketeer, Dave Stevens, on the ones and twos. Oh my goodness! Super dense, super tight, perfect drawer. But like uh, on my copy, I, I uh, colored in Captain <laughs> Victory, <laughs> like in, in marker and stuff, because I, I got this at the flea market like fifty cents. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, pretty happy to pull this one out. Lance Kerrigan. Yes. We've uh, we've talked about Jay Dispro a few times. This dude goes back to the golden age. Yeah. Art Crumb references him at in, different points. Yeah, in that uh, BBC documentary that was done in the 80s. And it influenced Art Crumb's style on with the late period weirdo strips, like the Philip oh. K. Dick one. Oh, like that where he was using a brush. Exactly. And, and specifically the kind of like lighting that Dispro, like a lot of right heavy black. Yeah, yeah. this thing. looks like that strip. It's super tight. This is from the 80s. So like he leaves comics for a couple decades, comes back to this, and then comes back in the early 2000s and does full color web comics for like what? many years and you know, rigorous kind of artwork uh, late in his life. So it's kind of kind of a cool cartoonist that I feel like when you think of Fletcher Hanks or somebody that people are pulling out that were overlooked cartoonist, Dispro is a guy that should be uh, looked at again. That's true, man. <laughs> oh, dude! See, I thought I saw thought I oh. thought I saw oh, a there you go. Uh, logo, the great Tim Vigil. Are these Tim Vigil issues? Is that uh, a Tim Vigil? It might be a Tim Vigil cover. Ooh, Tim Vigil. Art. Tim Vigil art. So John Palmer Inc. See, that's how you get thrown off. <laughs> I feel like um, Kikuo is being uh, very quiet on on this kind of uh, some of the Vigil stuff. He's got to <laughs> keep with the with the street cred with the New Yorker and stuff like that. But I'm telling you off the camera, he's telling us all about uh, Richard Corbin color choices. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Corbin fan. This a lot of this stuff is out of my wheelhouse, but uh, I do have uh, a fandom for a lot of the Power Comics. Yeah, I was wondering, like, if yeah, you were reading any I of this do. stuff. Were you mainly Marvel DC stuff whenever you were coming up? When I was coming up, I was mainly a Marvel guy. I had that um, that Abrams book that you guys covered. You know, the, I think it was Fifty Fabulous Years, was it? And um, I I drank the Kool Aid. It tricked me into thinking like stick with Marvel. And uh, when all the Image guys left, I was stuck with Wonder Man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Silver Sable. Uh, yeah. So that's when. It, but luckily for me, that's when I could transition stuff like Bone and. And THB and all that. That is good. I thought that might have been like when you just left comics for. <laughs> <laughs> Where does Kevin yeah. O'Neill fall into your, uh, your reading uh, habits? He, I'm I'm out of the loop with Kevin O'Neill. You know what I think needs to happen, Kikuo. Yeah. I think you need to get up in this box. Yeah. Should I start pulling stuff out? Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's, let's see. Let's Let see come around this side. Let's see what that wheelhouse is about. Um, I remember when all this stuff was coming out, and I was dodging it. 
innovation. See. Innovation. We never had innovation. In, I don't think there was ever an innovation comic sold on a lot of A lot of the first... In, no, Perry sold these. Did he? At, at, this was like the late 80s. Uh, it, it was like Now Comics and... Uh, they, they evolved into each other. Like, they would have titles that would start on innovation and end on now, or start in first and end in innovation. Like, the <laughs> Justice Machine is, like, half innovation. They would do all this painted stuff, too. Like, a lot of their, their books, they, they would bring in these comics painters. Well, the they were probably one of the early uh, publishers that would do that, mm. especially for their color work. Uh, it made them look a certain, you know, they had a unique look. They had a brand. <laughs> they had a brand, for sure. Yeah. And this looks like it could be on the hood of some yeah. Mustang or something. That's, ama oh, that's kind of amazing. Your, your Grim Reaper there. That is. Look, I've piece. seen that on the hood of a car before. <laughs> Prison art. Innovation, man. One of those companies that, that Bill Blichel says, like, uh, highlights their deficiencies because it's called Innovation Comics. And uh, it's all... Uh, like licensed material, like huh. it, you know, there's nothing new. It's yeah, they had like rice. lost in space. And yeah. yeah. Wow. That I mean, looking at it now, some uncanny this looks much better than than As I think of when I think of innovation. Really? It, it's it's kind of fun. These boxes, <laughs> like after I watch you guys show, like this is I'm gonna go through and like clean out half this box after because like even that first yeah, one that Ed said, for this. like I was like that looks a lot better after Ed said something about it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wondered, is there much demand for this stuff in, in your shop? I mean, well, Todd out there, that <laughs> uh, snobby dude. <laughs> Scott, Scott Shaw. Shaw. We got yeah. to meet Scott Shaw at our shop, and I got a crash course and realized that this is not just another cartoon book. Makes so much sense that he's working, you know, Pacific Comics with the Shanes Brothers out there on the West Coast. Very few West Coast productions. The Shanes Brothers were the ones to kind of like get everybody on lock over there. That's how you get Dave Stevens to be in Star Slayer. Associated Scott with Shaw knows everybody. I was associated tripping with, on it. Yeah, with, with um, San Diego Comic-Con 1. The like first, that. yeah, original version. You know, that was so crazy, man. This is another one of my first, like, 50 comics that my <laughs> uncle got from the, uh, from the flea markets, man. I read so much of the weirdest stuff, and I was totally agnostic. Like, just give me comics. Give me, give me, if give me. If it's in the panel form. And then, and then you develop your taste afterwards. You know what I mean? Just, like, read a million things for a couple of years when you're a kid, and then you realize what the shit is and what's, what's good. Do you end up putting this kind of box together? Like, you buy collections at your store, and then, like, I'll these are sort of out. The, yeah, the, the drags? <laughs> well, I mean, if somebody's cultured Kirby. enough, then maybe I'll be like, oh, I have that. I, You know, I, I kind of have, like, a catalog in my mind of kind of what's in here homo geneticus <laughs> um, I, you know i was really excited to open up this and see some awesome royer lettering and I'm, i gotta say i'm a little disappointed with a uh, homo geneticus and silver star but you know something don't a, a heel turn here on that <laughs> first appearance this is one of the great one of my favorite kirby pages is this like no panel border as she dances through the page. It's wild. Oh, that was a great layout. Ah, uh, this, it, this right? is what I came for. Yeah. If, I, if I'm opening up a Royer comic, because my guy is Ayers, but but the lettering can't be beat here. Your anchor's Dick Ayers? Dick Ayers is my guy, yeah. Same with Jaime Hernandez. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, I like, I like the monster stuff. I really like the monster stuff, and I like the like kind of family fun of like the early Fantastic Four. Oh, here it is again. Another version. Yeah. The there was awesome. a full run of Silver Star in here, but one of the kayfabers actually called me up and asked me for like the first six or something. Let's try to keep those in order. You needed to uh, demand he buy the set. I, went I told him, and he was like, I can't afford four extra dollars. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of value to be had in this box. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> this is Scott McCloud. Dollar Max books. A lot of Zots, yeah. I could go through those, man. 
one by one. These ones, these ones are something that are these the weird. This reprints? is Bob Powell. This is like um, I tracked this one down because of the Bob Powell reprints. Like one of the great Golden Age artists. Yeah. Look at that. This was not on my radar at all, and I I got a, like a a ton of these Mr. Monsters one time. This is that era too, where the different com companies were competing, and color and Baxter paper were some of the, you know, points of. Uh, you know, add sales salesmanship or whatever, and like that color is just so silly looking. And also, <laughs> it was finding these comics that were, uh, you know, legally they could be reprinted without yes. having to pay anybody for them. And but the redesign on Mister Monster is better. Like if you saw the original one, this '90s stuff is so much better than the original. Like he's a skinny dude with glasses or whatever, and this guy's a muscular. Michael T. Gilbert. This thing is awesome. Gilbert, that's the one. Yeah. You like found a new favorite. <laughs> yeah, there's way better Mr. Monsters, and I think they got kind of cleaned out in here. I want to get you some because they kind of. He would do this a lot, man. Where he got a hold of that um, calligraphy, uh, chisel tip markers, <laughs> figured that out. I remember my my aunt was like, "Oh, you like drawing?" And that, as a Christmas present, gave me the calligraphy it's a great page. Set. Yeah, I can't argue with the results. Yeah, Steve Olaf. Boy, Olaf's name is just man, like the greatest hits of comics history. Right. Yeah. The stuff that he's on, always it's on the bleeding edge remarkable. of color. Always on that bleeding edge of the color. This guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what comics are for, right there. Woody Woodpecker Scorpion. <laughs> 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 Almost like a Wally Wood, like spirit era. Uh, looks like a two. It's like a twenty thousand. No, that's a zips. Zips, yeah. I think you're spot on with the uh, that spirit reference. Right. Definitely strong in Mr. Monster. Yeah, he comes from fandom for sure, man. One of those early guys that like learned learned to draw from the comics. Again, with the like woody wood like uh, lettering. Beautiful. Never seen this. Where's Wood enter your uh, your reading? How do you, how do you come across him? Oh man, um, probably through like the. For EC stuff, some of that sci-fi stuff, just kind of reading like the different histories of comics when I was young, coming across the pull those out and flip Ooh. through them because I, I don't know these, but I was looking at one and they're kind of remarkable looking. It feels like that small press co-op. Anything about these? No, no what's, not what's the year on this man? I wonder if that's that's some kayfabe zip Psycho or real. Duck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, I feel like it's definitely real Zipatone because it's not lining up quite right. <laughs> <laughs> is that Spawn? Was Spawn it? That is. It's, well, Spawn reference, right. you know what I mean? Not like Parody maybe. Spawn. This was uh, Warzone, is a book that I've bought in multiple formats. So you're a fan of Bob Dixon? Apparently. <laughs> 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 but it would be published like this Ash Can and then also it's like a full size comic book. I guess Warzone. Oh, look, here we go. I we just showed up. Oh, yeah. Co you know, there's there's your Warzone uh, ad, but it ran through a couple of issues. You know, both small and uh, full size comic book. Man, he used a ruler on that gun. It's <laughs> <laughs> a badass. He's fetishizing. What do we got? What do we got? The Day Brothers. Tom Yates with the cover. Man, not even. I've had people try to push Aztec Ace on me, and I'm just not going to do it. Ooh, one, <laughs> of the, one, of, one of the dark princes of uh, of Outlaw Comics, man, the great Tim Tyler. I think he appears in here. We get so many comments on recommendations of things to read, and whenever you go through a box like this, you can bet it'll it'll oh, yeah, <laughs> inspire up your comments. Yeah. Tim Tyler in the house, Kubert student turned heel, hmm. went down the dark side. Look at this shit. 
ink on ink Spain Rodriguez vibe. Ooh, big time. Yeah, it's nice. Tim Tyler, longtime self-publisher too. Like he's probably coming up on thirty years of self-publishing. Yeah. Yeah, creative. Oh, I see that Spain. Yeah. Burn Hogarth almost a little bit in those eyes. I recently bought this from my comic shop. <laughs> I can't defend it. <laughs> I like the cover a lot. <laughs> I like the wavy paddle borders. Something's happening here. Keeping things moving. Yeah. Is Ooh, this, is that's this pretty rad. That is it's cool. It's almost A machine lettering. You're right. Oh. Somebody yeah. snuck into the Charlton offices after hours. <laughs> <laughs> With a label maker. <laughs> Some bold. Okay. Alika, oh. you have one of the first yes. a manga ever translated into English. This right is here. really, yeah, I remember you guys going over the early manga. A hard book it, to find. I've been looking for this book for over a year and I've never seen one. It's yours. It's interesting because you assume it had a fair print run, right? Black and white newsprint, like... And then they have that label, right? Edu Comics. So, like, let's, let's get into death. the... When I was a kid, mm. there was a poster for Barefoot Gen at at my elementary school so they were really pushing i never know the prices on any of this stuff um it's possible this is worth a little bit yeah, for that well the reason. thing is with undergrounds and th i know that's not an underground but independent stuff in general it's like not like the regular comics market where condition and everything is a factor it's these things are harder to find so condition is a little more forgiving you know right like mm. these these the original printings had the stickers on them you know yes and did they really yeah yeah that's that's from the publisher afterwards huh is, in, is that because they would change prices they would change and it prices would be easier to just put the sticker And they already on. had the cover printed out, yeah. Let's pay respects, man. I think about them every day. <sighs> Great Richard Corbin. Over top of Von Baudet. This is Von Baudet underdrawn. Ooh. Oh, wow. With the color by uh, by Corbin. And it's such an amazing cover. I've actually never seen this in, in person, but it's I've seen reproductions of it, and it just, like, you, something about the lack of a hard holding line, it's Never, I can never quite make out the image, but seeing it in oh, person, yeah, it it's out. like a beautiful, like the the subtlety of his color really is coming through. That orange is so awesome against that purple and that blue. It looks fantastic. If you guys need any of these books, they're yours. So, Alika, much appreciated. Corbin, yeah, talk what's about up on the heavy metals already? <laughs> 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 Look at that stuff. Just the imagination. So he has the he has the technical skill. He has that extra piece with the color that nobody else had. And then you compound that with the imagination that the dude possesses. Alika, it's eels, man. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. A lot of those orange oranges you're talking about on the cover finding their way in here yeah. look very strange. Yeah. Especially next to the flesh being that orange. Got those soft, doughy characters, man. Yeah. Whenever I look at these books, it's always interesting like what paper they chose. and. This one looks like a pretty traditional newsprint from, you know, you'd see in a mainstream comics at that time. Um, but whenever this color is printed, on, like in some of those other books like that, into the deep book, it the color is just so, it's like almost not, it didn't even soak in at all. It's just so bright and vibrant. And I think of all the colors, I think Corbin really, uh, like he works on that. On yeah. Like it really works on that bright paper. Interesting that it's like a full round of color in his thing, man. This is expensive yeah. book and stuff like this i mean they have to be drawing on the color separations to achieve this kind of thing yeah, 100%. yeah totally that's freaky just saturated colors whenever we did uh the warren bernard stuff when he's bringing in those books from the 1800s 
you could see the ink just sitting on yeah. top of yeah. that old paper. Just like straight, straight up artisanal guys like running this stuff through totally some manual presses. Master printmakers yeah. like r like mass producing stuff. That's what you're seeing then when print was really a craft like it was craftsmen that that were printers. Putting the complement blue si like full cyan, cyan plate over that orange. Yeah. That is amazing. And then also for the shadow, is that? Yeah, it is. Is that the blue too, or is that? Oh, that's a zip. Yeah. Amazing. Really cool. Yeah. These things feel ahead of their time now. They I can't do. even imagine like early '70s or whenever I this came out. Had to be trippy. I found Corbin. You Look know. At this. Wow. That's amazing. It's it's really incredible. I feel like and we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I feel like this anticip like especially with so many kids now doing the risograph stuff. Right. Like this stuff is only getting more and more important to me because it's like the it's the forefather of all that stuff. Like essentially working the plates as individual plates. Yeah. That's a good call. Alika, do you? I, I mean, uh, do you have this? I oh. don't. Go for it, man. Uh, well, I have a dollar, so. Cover <laughs> 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 price, just like. Uh, uh, the he who shall not be named from Fanagraphics bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Man, those 1980s. Power Comics, uh, Evan from Power Comics, was when he heard we were coming here, was just begging me, like, if you see any Power Comics, pull them out. I'm <laughs> seeing him right now as you flip through that. Every corner like bin has this one. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Such and a that, great cover. And that is one of those things where, like, I got to get this. Then you crack it open, and it's whatever. You know, it's whatever. We got a little Dandy Don Simpson in I the house. He could draw Pittsburgh the body, zone. man. Yeah. He could draw the figure. His sketchbooks are just full of contorted bodies like this. Well, what was that? Some, like, Hepcats. Oh, is that what that was? Cerebus type yeah, thing. right? <laughs> oh, it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, wow. whacking me. Making me feel weird. Oh, so Paul Pope in there? Paul Pope back cover. Yeah? Oh, nice. Oh, of course. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. HR. Is that her name? HR. Like HR, yep. Yeah. There's a certain uh, demographic of kayfaber that's like, do some Matt Howarth po post yeah. bros. <laughs> I, yeah, there was a Howarth issue of the Turtles, that, or a couple, right? Steve Laffler pops up in the comments every now and then. Good cartoonist. Oh, I thought that was a naughty book. Neil <laughs> 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 no Gaiman? What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Weird. Gods he, and he Tulips. It almost feels like a parody. He put his name on some <laughs> stuff, man. Fish Police. <laughs> this is Corbin good special. This will be in, uh, uh, an episode one day. If I'm not mistaken, he's done this story twice. Because that's a... An, um, Edgar Allan Poe adaptation, and I think he's done it twice. This is kind of cool, this Roach Mill, because yeah, it's I've a never trade seen paperback. Trade. Never seen the trade And it's before. such a rare, you know, like trades just weren't figured out at that time, so you get some different formats. There so was some Dark Horse stuff that was trades, though. They would do like A1, and this is well, that wasn't horse. even Dark Horse. Yeah. This is a Dark Horse, yeah. I like Roach Mill. Me too. We'll have to take a look at that one of these days. Yeah. This is that easy. Might be, is that coverless? It is coverless. I'm trying to see how good I am. <laughs> Kriegstein. Dude, you very rarely you get a Kriegstein sci-fi story. Mm. Yeah, it's sweet. Those Rochmill covers were ambitious. They were always good, and usually he would throw in a really good, like the first three pages were usually impressive. 
So what are you saying about the other pages, man? <laughs> well, he'd bring a splash and then like a two-page spread that was, uh, I don't know. I bet he drew the rest of the pages a little more quickly. Alik, you know some of these Malibu songs? I forget what the, what the one issue 13 is. 13 was the Spawn cover. Okay, you know And this deal. one is the Young Blood cover. I, oh, no. This is, who the hell is this card? <laughs> Hard case. Case. Ultra <laughs> Hard case. I mean, I don't know who that is. <laughs> 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 Moonshadow. Yeah, man. The Vertigo book. I put that on the uh, iPad to read on the airplane to Malibu. Somebody recommended that to me, and I, I haven't read it yet. Vertigo and Epic, right? I think. Yeah, it was publishers. a cross. Yeah. Oh, weird. Coyote. Eleven. Steve Lealoha. What Eleven's the? Yeah, I do in the house. Hey, tell the us McFarlane about McFarlane one. I want to know about Steve Lealoha. I'm just curious. Such about a nice guy, man. Yeah. He's got all these uh, weird, weird smut. smut. He's obviously Hawaiian, yeah, so he's, he's Hawaiian got connections guy. here. <laughs> Soul man. <laughs> <laughs> man, that looks like Dahmer. <laughs> King shaming. Weird smut. That looks great. That weird, like, <laughs> weird charcoal, like textured paper or something. Who's publishing that, Ed? Yeah, uh, Jam, jam uh. Press. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like two fisted zombies. What's oh, uh, <laughs> Tribe Called Quest? Bust a nut inside your eye to show you where I come from. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely a fantasy because this nerdy dude ain't getting these girls. <laughs> yeah, that girl did not look like she was enjoying it at all. Wow. This is way better looking than a lot of this stuff is. Makes me wonder, like, uh, who, if this is a vestige of like some underground publisher or something. Right. And then check it out, man. It's like some John Oh, look at that. Look at that early Seth cover. What do we got in here? I think I ha that's one I had back in the day, I think. Carol yeah. Tyler. Mazza Kelly used to be in some of these D&Q, the early D&Q. Yeah, he had that, uh, <laughs> nice, there's another one to go. Um, he had that, that, um, that one where he's like staying in France, that short story. That's, that's a baffling story. More, some, oh no. I got multiples of a lot of these books too. <laughs> Blackthorn, your guys' favorite publisher? I mean, like, I have every issue of these. You know, like, this it was the only way to get this stuff. What's, do you know their connection to Dragon Lady Press? Are they related at all? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know. So they, they, there's a, they look just like this, but they're Dragon Lady Press, and I have like 10 different volumes of collected Roy Crane strips. And, mm. But they look just like this, um, almost with a, with a similar thing, all black and white inside. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder if it's the same publisher, but they also they did the original collection of the Alex Toth uh, um, Bravo for Adventure. It was it was Dragon, yeah. Dragon Lady Press. This is pretty rad, man. Some Kagan McCloud self-published Infinite Kung Fu's man before it was the big phone book. Yeah, those are sweet. Whoa, what is this? Gettysburg. Oh, and you gotta have the death of Superman there. <laughs> yeah, obviously it fits in. I just get excited whenever it's like a two color job like yeah, this. But then it's this. Actually, the drawing's nice though. It is. Yeah. It's journeyman. Yeah. Get the get the gig done. For sure. I always like this stuff because it's it's often done with no, um, with an organization that's not comic savvy at all. Uh. Right. So maybe you get a comic guy in there, or maybe you get like someone who likes comics in there. <laughs> It can be interesting Maybe results. It would surprise you. There's a lot of like giveaway comics, corporate comics that are done this way. Um, you could you could have a you could have a short box of these if you started collecting in that direction. Well, also, the propaganda comics, like the government comics they had. That's what I'm wondering if that's what this is because it's called Gettysburg, and so far, yep, 
I, don't, I think it was all white guys in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of propaganda guys. Man, what else do we have? So... What's this one? So this box is... This right here is all the dirty stuff, the adult stuff. Oh, yeah, just, just one this is, Yeah, this is... <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to, like, show this on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Cartoon is kayfabe after dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's how we goose the numbers to the channel, actually. Xenophile. There's, uh, yeah, Eros and Xenophile up in here. Oh, this one's so not hard. as dirty as like, it could be. You just never see them. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Dad, tomorrow you gotta fill up on water bottles. You got it, son. <laughs> Maybe because people don't resell their. Is you guys know that you're the front. Yeah, this. Uh, yeah, flip it this way. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is this the wrestling joint? Is it? Oh, oh man. Geez. <laughs> Scott Jobdale. <laughs> is, is, he he, is he on this one? Is it? No, it's the it's the uh, wrestling one. Uh, it's uh, but look, man, Nisieze. <laughs> it has to be related, right? It's gotta be. Can't be too many Nisieze's in. Uh, Imagine that nepotism is something to add to his name. Look at this. It's a, fum <laughs> it's a fumetti. <laughs> it's great. It's it so freaking odd. And they but do the two of these books. Like, there's another one of these that the, is wrestling. The wrestling one is written by. Scott Lobdo. Man, look whenever they actually draw the stuff. Yeah, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just it, look at that. Like That was like Ed Grimley right it, there. It is. It totally is. And these guys are like it just feels like a scam for these nerdy comic dudes to get to hang out with girls this cool. Yeah. It feels sure. like the early attempts of like Hollywood to start making their comics. Yeah. Also if it were connected to like glow, just it, it would go up even higher in my book. Have you guys read the Charles Burns like Fumetti? It's like he did yeah. like cat. Some of this yeah, I've never actually seen it. I've only like turned around. seen clips of it. It was uh, I have it from Taboo, like where it was. That's oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. The set printed it in one of them, maybe issue four or so. Hmm. Rambo. It looks like Get the one time that was successful. I have a full run of Rambo. <laughs> not gonna <laughs> lie. Know. Not gonna lie. What's the deal with that? But the covers. There, got there me. are a lot of issues too. Like <laughs> probably at least fifteen issues of this thing. There's four issue fourteen. These you'd see like in the back of the Fantagraphics catalogs when oh, yeah. you get them. Well, you know what? Like before they broke off, because you could choose to get the Eros or the Fantagraphics catalog, man. The Eros, I just saw a lot on eBay, and it was four Eros books, I think all standalones, and Eric Stanton art. Mm. And I kind of I want them real bad, but I just never see them anymore. Some of this stuff is really, really accomplished, man. A lot like of this stuff will be like Euro drawing. European, uh, yeah. you know, like legit good cartoonists. Well, uh, Are we not opening these yeah, up on yeah, camera? Yeah, open yeah, one up. Let's, let's check that out. I'm really curious. That I mean, that's really nice drawing. <laughs> <laughs> man, this is almost that cast pictures almost look like the Hernandez brothers. Yeah. Uh, it does That's look European. I'm sure it is. It a lot of these I mean, are. It's right. definitely it's got an album right? format. It's, I'm looking at, and the drawing it just is too rigorous. To, I don't. Yeah. There was Manara stuff in these Eros books too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Don't so you see like certain? Uh, some of these images remind me so much of Beto. Oh yeah, I saw yeah. it like on the previous pages. Yeah. Real some Beto of them, face. even like the bodies, uh, like the postures and stuff, look like it. I'm getting um, a weird like Jason Pearson vibe from like some of the, I don't know, black and white here. Yeah, just that kind of the this? perfection of the drawing. And Michael Golden, yeah. yeah. And, and some of the hatching. Yeah, it's a good call. That really reminds me. Excellent use of black and white. You, yeah. you, have, you have the brunette against white, blonde against the black. Yep. Comics 101. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are these going to go in your pile? Go go back to uh, uh, if you want to you know. grab them, man. They're just sitting there. So that's a good run. It might be a full run of the uh, of the blonde. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, man. If you're <laughs> the blonde bondage callus, that's mm -hmm. the name of it. Manga is the other piece that's in a lot of, in some of these Eros uh, comics. I There's don't know quite who a this bit. Uh, these shorter ones, the shorter format ones, are all those manga related ones. But this is this is clearly manga that's been yeah, imported yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of cool that they were printing like European manga and of course American under uh, alternative comics. I want to see a money shot. Jim. Come on, man. Keep flipping. Do I do, uh, maybe I don't remember the history correctly, but it wasn't like this stuff floating fanographics for a long time. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, yeah. like they like they had they were at a crossroads. Yeah, and it's like we could do one of two things. That's a pretty good money shot. We could print superhero comics, now. or oh, we could go milked. with porn. <laughs> Oh, dude! Look, Get to see the uh, <laughs> application of screen tone. I think they made th they went the more noble route, in my opinion. <laughs> and then some chibi in there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this, man! Ma <laughs> Let's wow. check that number. Wouldn't that be amazing if that goes to another phone at the office? <laughs> and it's That's okay, and it's Kim phone. Thompson <laughs> 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 joint, like talking in a sultry voice. <laughs> Look at that! Their 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 list of uh, titles: Karate Girl. They published a lot under this imprint. Well, yeah. that's not the price guide. I thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Euro's price guide in the back. <laughs> Try to wizard it up a bit. Rip off. So I have a uh, hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Ron Jeremy looks on. Oh, it's one hundred percent. You know Guy Caldwell. Yeah. I like his art a lot. This stuff is uh, a little bit afraid to go too deep down this down this dive. Hey man, it's that's art. That's just out there. Looks nice though. Like these are legit cartoonists doing adult comics. And a lot of people got their first stabs, you know. No pun intended. <laughs> <Wait a minute. laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Is I went through this box and took all the Hoche Anderson. So anybody who's watching, like expecting to see it pop up, like thanks to your show, I was <laughs> thought enough to at least dig those out of here. There's your Karate Girl. <laughs> <laughs> looks very progressive. <laughs> very progressive, Ed. <laughs> that looks like. Uh, is that an American drawn thing? That looks like it's from. Yeah, Motoki. Uh, probably a fake name. Yeah. Yeah. Little Mary. It's like uh, what's his name? Uh, Akira Yoshida. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very confusing. <laughs> yeah, like that's a, that's uh, not quite the, like Karate Kid. <laughs> 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 Big top bondage. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how much of this stuff did they? Oh, it's like a. Trying to rip off Corbin with CG. Yeah, bust out of one well, of them. Yeah, that's not. Um, I was gonna say when you guys were going through the Corbin, I found Corbin in the recent days, right? And so I thought it was CG, and I was immediately put off by it. Chuck Austin. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. War Machine. <laughs> <laughs> There's a War Machine for you. <laughs> he he had a, a whole run called Hero Sandwich. Yeah, when is this from? 1997. Do, do you guys know that publisher? I've never heard of that. No. no. Is this one of those instances? Make this comic just a half inch bigger than everything else. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Look at it yeah. in the box. Poor <laughs> the, thing. the worst thing. How much do you hate as a retailer these books? Oh, terrible. <laughs> I, I, I put them in the box like that because that's what they deserve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wally Wood. Nice. Wally Wood did a lot of arrows, man. <laughs> yeah, I would trip out on how much wood I find in here. Uh, oh, and Fuller Brush Man. <laughs> almost snuck that one in there. That's almost like a Tijuana Bible. Got some Danzig. Look, Veronica, number two. Wonder if we have Bisley in here. Is that the bees? 
If there's a number four with that, what's it called? Jimmy Cherry Pie? Yeah, cover is bees. Rex Miller story on uh, Box 69. Yeah, man, you heard of him from uh, Chain Gang. Hartley Fisher doing the managing editing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep these in the garage? This should just go in your, uh, in your dollar <laughs> bins, right? These are the only comics that my wife cares about. Radio She's like, those are mine. <laughs> like, you get the early, some super early uh, Brandon Grahams in there. Radio City, I think it's called. What are they out? Is, is that a n just New York publisher? San know. Antonio, Texas. It was a viable spot. Like, in the old uh, Wizard magazines, they had, like, you know, s guide to uh, indie publishing. And I remember Radio Comics was one of the places you could send stuff. Uh-oh, we're getting to the air cell vein. <laughs> yeah, more arrows. I can't believe how much stuff they published. It really must have been, like, every every so many years, Fanagraphics, something to keep keep them up. Yeah, it's interesting. They the little imprints, like Monster and... I wonder what percent of them sold through the retailers and what sold like through mail order. Like maybe that maybe there was this huge. These mail order arrows came from Perry's. He carried arrows. Did he really? Perry carried everything. Man, Perry's the store we grew up this with. Can Canadian. Perry was complete comics underneath Stillwell's. Anybody who's been to Maui in the '90s knows that store. Dang. I like that cover a lot. You know, personals. It's a good. Uh, yeah. Really cool. Good play on that. Funny to think like this would have been some of the early manga. Oh, Melody. I've never, actually never seen one of those like. Have at it. Um, I've never, oh, is this different? This is a different Melody. I feel like I have to go wash my hands. <laughs> you probably do. This is a pretty dirty box. <laughs> Wait, no. All, I was all puns intended. Yeah. There was that. Both it senses. was recently reprinted. It was like about uh, like Chris Ware was championing this like Melody. It's a different Melody. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I do, um, because the original melody was drawn by this woman, and then That's it was it. like it was redrawn whenever oh. it was published, and now I think they've published the original recently. Oh, that's the story. Okay, yeah. I mean, I much prefer these drawings. Yeah, kind of more immediate. It's it's so funny how that, that was works. kitchen sink or not. Is that her name down there on the bottom? Uh, is that or is that the new artist? This Jacques Boivin. Par Sylvie Rancor. Sylvie Rancor was the, the original. Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, I think they, I think they were re-released with the original, like the original comics, um, not yeah. too long ago. I really like the way they look, the original ones. Which might be worth a look if we can find those yeah. to do the uh, the compare contrast. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know what that. Oh, <laughs> I think I actually have this. <laughs> <laughs> That's Men a in black. Look at this. What is this? A oh. It's an air oh. <laughs> <laughs> Another Ron Jeremy comes on full that circle. Yeah. They, they got to paint around Jeremy in it. <laughs> yeah, it really does look like he's like casting. Yeah, it's like before Mark Miller, it's uh, Guy oh, Caldwell. <laughs> Dandy, Dandy Don Simpson, <laughs> Anton Drek himself. Man. That was I the think last that book one is, I needed. Is, uh, so these ones, this is all the. Do you have that, Ed? Oh yeah, I, well I have the trade. And that's yeah, that's all I need. The, the complete Don Simpson. Yeah, yeah, with Forbidden Frankenstein. How did I get stuck on this episode, guys? <laughs> <laughs> Your parents are gonna love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not oh, they, don't show these on camera. What is it? <laughs> these are the cave women's. I think there's full penetration on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a nipple ring. Wow. It feels appropriate that we're in, in a garage late at night. Yeah, dirty. <laughs> hey, my dad owned the only porn store for a while, so some air cell. Look at that. Oh, Peter. Yeah. Some cherries. There's an Octobriana in Cherry Jubilee. 
Really? Yeah, really? like I forget what issue you know it was, maybe issue four or something. Somebody sent it to me randomly like a month before I started on uh, Octobriana. Family porn. <laughs> Neil Gaiman did a did a. These are all parodies. There's some early uh, Adam Hughes stuff in this at least, but not. Is that Bill Mouse? Yeah, tons of mouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the great Bill Mouse. <laughs> tons of Bill Mouse and a I little bit I of Adam Hughes. Cable TV. Oh my goodness! It's unbelievable to think that this that this was worth like um, parodying at some point. Like, right. like I yeah. think that all you know? the time. If you see the list that those guys parodied, like how well were comics selling where they could be doing these? I mean, you look, know, just Brigade. the sight of it. Yeah, Brigade should just be the same interior as what they what in his pub. Now we'll never get the Merritt Michael shoot interview, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I this really is like the Bill Mouse vein. I think all the Adam Hughes covers got farmed out of here by one of my customers. Oh, there's Adam Hughes. <laughs> Doesn't really look like Adam Hughes, but right. no. Mark Hempel. I think those. So we're out of the good. porn comics at least. Cerebus, just some random reprints. We may oh, need to uh, and his other. Cleanse the palate. This is one of the strangest comics ever published. Uh, well, that's uh, you got, we got to open it up now. He was giving this thing away as like uh, you know drug dealer philosophy, man. Like yeah. here, first one's free. Yeah. This would have been like uh, you know think think of Cerebus as your practice, like working on your craft for three hundred issues, and then this is the next you know that. I was you're curious apply where he was going with this. Uh, dark. Very. And just like that's a lot of time to spend with this kind of imagery, man. And this is this is all sim. It's not um, uh, Carson. Sure, uh, uh, what's the Gerhard. Gerhard. Gerhard? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they were done at this point. Yeah, right. He. Yikes. But this is where he's developing his glamorous style. As as strange as that sounds. Yeah, <laughs> it does sound strange. Right. Oh man, this yeah. It is. <laughs> if yeah. I wasn't feeling dirty before. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is, I'm sorry for the bad box. Get out of that. Shut up, man. So this one is this one will lighten it up a little bit at least. I got some balls. Hey kids, come check out. We got some, you know, perversions, some sadness, and now we got bone. It's like you can misfile it. It's like bone. That's got to be a porn book, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's, I think there's the Ross covers from uh, that. You know, they in this uh, later in the 40s, or maybe I took them out already. Mm. But there was a couple Alex Ross covers, and there was a Frank Miller cover in there That's at funny. some point. This Alex? is one of the yeah. No, go ahead. I was gonna say Bone is definitely one of the books that like feel like you know I'm done with comics, and then Bone brought me back right in time. That's cool. Yeah, nice image. Yeah, so yeah. There you go. The up, image you run right there. The singles. I kept up with the singles, and then eventually I forget when I transitioned to back the, to cartoon to the books. books. Yeah. By the time it ended, it was he took him so long to finish, like kind of had aged out of it. But do you ever hear the story of like what he went through to finish the 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 last couple of issues? No. Like he had such like bad like tendonitis or carpal tunnel or whatever. Yeah. He wasn't even just like paying attention to himself, but Vijaya, his wife, came through the studio and saw that he poked a hole in a tennis ball to put his brush in there because he couldn't grip his wow. hand close enough to uh. hold the brush. But he could oh. hold a tennis ball, and that's what he was using to ink the uh, the the last couple of pages. And she's like, "Put your fucking brush down! Yeah. Like we're taking you to a doctor yeah. really quick." So that's why there was like the. By the way, this, is, this is why I say like tools don't matter. Oh yeah. You know yeah. when Jeff Smith is inking with a tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
a lot of Stranger Things Paradise stuff. Beach, Whenever I've seen him at a con a couple times, he always has the the arm brace on. Yeah, I think that's more like you know ounce of prevention, pound of cure kind of yeah, gimmick. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. I, I feel like we need a palate cleanser All after right. that. Let's. Uh, well, here's the anthropomorphics. I don't know if that's like <laughs> for you Yeah, that's not going to help anything. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Although that might be very popular in Pittsburgh. You want some arrows? No, comics? honestly, man, I really don't. I, I really don't want. Uh, can't take any more comics, man. But I will take this pedigree. All right, all right. Thank you, though. You got it. Yeah. Did we decide on a stack to look? Um. We could do the heavy metals. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's oh, let's uh, let's wrap up with the yeah. heavy metals. Mm -hmm. All right. That's the first box. You don't really care about that. I mean, you do care about that, but. <laughs> So that might be some of the secrets that we're not ready to, to show on camera yet. <laughs> this is the first this issue. This will make a good episode. Which had an MTV show. The Sword of Shannara actually had a show on MTV in 2018. So? Yeah, they did uh, two seasons. Hmm. Um, you know, I had a first. In my personal collection, I have like a full first year. But um, 78, the second year. This box uh, starts it around there. Are these in demand? Oh, here's the first year. Wait, yeah, man. Do you get a lot of requests for these? Yeah, and now that I'm in the record store, um, people are, you know, that real culture of the 70s and rock stuff, heavy metal, oh, right. is like really in demand there. Mm. I feel like there's a little hippie vibe uh, that I see that I Definitely, see Definitely, yeah. I mean, these, these I found these all on island. These are from personal collections of people on Maui, so there is tons of heavy metal floating around here. There's a it big very favorite here. hippie community that came, like, in the hippie era to Maui and settled at all on well I was modes. I was explaining to them the psych rock actually has a lot of uh, origins here on mm -hmm. Maui like Crosby Stills Nash and Young met here uh, there and a lot of those psych rock guys started here and were playing here and and there is that hippie culture here a lot of it like I like those undergrounds I find all the time that's yeah, from so all those original heads yeah, this is the first year. I see a Mobius yeah Arzak, Harzak. Oh, what's that doing in there? <laughs> Some Bakshi, maybe. Is that Mike Hinge? Wow, deep pull, Ed. Is that? <laughs> it looks like it. He, you know, Mike Hinge, I have a couple issues where Mike Hinge collaborated with Neil Adams uh, to do some real trippy weird strips. That makes sense. Because I always think of Mike Hinge with Stranko, but like Stranko oh, to Neil Adams Can, can you pull line. that out and yeah. open up the spread? Because that's just a badass... Uh, like show that cover front and back oh this one yeah that's fucking yeah that is amazing that's so sick yeah perfect i remember as a kid just like marveling at the textures because mm. like you felt like you f you know that fabric yeah. like how do you capture that military grade yeah. polyester or whatever what is even the background it's like hairs or something those guys figured that stuff out man it's an amazing amount of texture throughout that piece. You wonder if it's like that weird, like, Bill Sienkiewicz, like, spray some bleach on it. <laughs> Heavy Metals seems like such a legendary comic for so many different groups. Yeah. Like, how many people have we talked to where it was like, this was the beginning of creator rights for, for, for one generation? There actually is a bunch of, here's the first That's year, an all first cover. year stuff, yeah. Is that Drew Lier? Yeah, Great there's uh, quite a, yeah, Wrightson. So there's some doubles in here, got a bunch. 
another number one. Mobius, right? Oh yeah. Another Mobius. That one's kind of hard. Kikuo, is this something that you would read? Did you ever come across these? You know, that was like one of the other, like you could get this at Walden Books, right? And so I would go and flip through it and back, that was kind of before I was going to the comic store, and so it was a Dude, little bit old for me. Dude, you got a up one? Because uh, if you have a spare, man, like I Dude, if you want a number one, it's yours. You know that. So don't worry. You already saw I have three, so I can't lie, and I only have one. <laughs> I just think it would be a good episode. Oh, with the Simonson. Yeah, I was going to uh, say, I didn't realize Archie that. Goodwin. This is where that ran. I didn't realize that. Oh, the... Adaptation. The one that got the exec swearing and this one has that silent well the silent the the Arzak story where he flies between the legs of that demon uh, and it falls into the grass. That's such a good cover. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> First year again. <laughs> that looks like an old paperback cover. Yeah. It's getting like a little. It's that black background, probably. That's great. Is there that anything eight? more '80s than yeah. that? Yeah, we have that's why I love this. Like yeah, pre-'80s time, man. Yeah, a lot of doubles in here. '83. Now we're starting in the '80s. Alika, didn't you say something? Whoa, there he is, man. Liberatore. Everybody's honest to do some Liberatore, Jimmy. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I don't know why it's taking this long. But I am totally down with that. Yeah, man. Anything you guys need for a show, you tell me. We'll take a That's stack a great cover, too. What an image. <laughs> 84 Music Video Award winners. <laughs> this is like entering a different era of heavy metal from the mid. Yeah, right there. Uh -huh. That nice. one, like, you do, it doesn't strike you as like a heavy metal cover, and but it's perfect. Yeah, you're right. Looks like they were the conscious of raw, raw magazine around that time. Totally, the pagoda alien. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Is that Soriyama? No. We're getting close to his era, though. I'm confused. Yeah, this is confused. <laughs> <laughs> is that Joan Jet? Looks like it, right? so good listen man we're on 50 minutes like that's that was a nice good run nice good haul but i heard that there is uh, a complete ninja turtles run and some other things around here man maybe that's uh, another episode good to go yep all right let's bounce man